Hello there. You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. I'm your host, Connor Beckett. Well, despite my best efforts to get this episode out ahead of the holidays, I failed you, dear listeners. But believe me when I say the wait was worth it. On this episode, I'm sitting down with two-time Local Bops alumnus, the venerable Mary Prankster himself, J.E.W. Francis, to recap what was a momentous 12 months and change for him. This included releasing two records, 2020's We Share Similar Joy and 2021's Wander Kid, his jet-setting across the Atlantic, as well as an extended odyssey he took upon America's very own Appalachian Trail. Weirdly enough, this interview is also characterized by its own kind of wandering quality. We chatted about JW's music, of course, but we also took the scenic route to chat about his time as an NYC tour guide, stories from the trail, and other miscellany. And of course, our guest was kind enough to regale us with a couple acoustic versions of his tunes, including two unreleased at the time of recording. This was a very special episode for me, and I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I enjoyed making it. I need the world way more than anyone needs me in it. If not for you, I'd run away and I'd admit it. I disappeared into an empty dark casino. I concentrate my fears into a pill placebo. And no one knows I'm broken, breaking promises still. And that's what's in my comic books, and I'm writing Bill. So, a lot has changed since the last time you came on this program. And I'm going to sort of do a run-by of the timeline based on my understanding. Yeah, do it. I love people doing a run-by of yeah. my life. <laughs> so, last time we were talking about the release of your first proper record, We Share Similar Joy, which came out about a year ago now, I want to say. Um, from there, you took some time off to hike the Appalachian Trail. You got to do some touring. You left your day job to become a musician full-time. You released your sophomore record, Wander Kid. And now you are very briefly back in New York City before rounding out the year with a tour in the United Kingdom. I think that's all the highlights, but I was wondering if there was anything that was maybe less highlighted over this past year that you think... Uh, you consider a personal win for J.W. Francis. Oh, wow. Well, I guess it is also a highlight, but it was... So, yeah, I made a little poetry book with my mm. dad. My dad illustrated it, and I made a little audio book for that. And I thought no one was going to listen to it because it's just me reading poetry with, like, some sense in the background. But it's like getting some streams. Yeah. So that's been really cool. People are emailing me being like, I love your words. So that's really cool. That was like, yeah, that it kind of got eclipsed by like the album and the Appalachian Trail and all this other stuff. But like, it's been doing nice things for my heart. There hasn't been a lot of attention paid to like that audiobook. What was that like sort of collaborating with your dad in like that very public setting on a project? Um, it was you... awesome. He's yeah. such a recluse. He's such an introvert. I mean, he's not a recluse. He's a very nice man. I love him so much. He's my father. Um, not I love him so much. He's my father. I love him <laughs> so much, comma. He's my father. Yeah. Um, and he always doodles and doesn't do anything with them, but I tend to put them on my body. I've got like three tattoos that he signed or made, um, like designed. And uh, I was like, people need to see your doodles. 
I've got poems. Let's put them together. I wanted to make something that people could have in their pocket because mm-hmm. I like making music, but you can't put it in your pocket. You know, like that's a, fair. You know, I mean, I guess you can because you got a phone, but I wanted to make an object that fit in your pocket and was affordable and was just like, here's a little book for 10 bucks. And that's great. I love, I've got that now. So yeah. that was cool. Plus, it's a nice sort of tie in product to that record as well, too. I mean, there's a very similar vibe in terms of thematic qu- quality, I would say. You know, that's at least what I gleaned from from reading the We Share Similar Joy poetry book. I'm so glad you read it. That's yes. so cool. I, had, uh, I, I try to own something from every person who's come on the show, and that is my J.W. Francis possession. Is, Amazing. Is the poetry. Do you want a patch? I got patches. I might hit you up about I'll that. I'll give you a patch. Nice. I'm yeah. going to put, put that on a jean jacket? Or? You can put it on a jean jacket. It's iron-on. It's iron-on? It's a great yeah. ad for the patches. They're yeah. iron-on. Do you think it'd be better better suited for a Jansport backpack, though, given uh, your somewhat mobile, uh, one might say itinerant lifestyle that you've lived over the course of 2021? Jean jackets might be a good symbol of mobility as well, though. That's true. I tend to consider mobile or jean jacket people like on the move. They're not very like sitting on the couch with a jean jacket. You don't really like sit with a jean jacket. Yeah, you're like hopping a turnstile. Yeah, you're hopping a turnstile. You're like roughing up some outsider or something. (laughs) You know, your name may or may not be Pony Boy or some variation. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. So hell yeah, you could put it on anything. Nice. So um, I got a question about the sophomore record, but I'm going to read. I love the word sophomore too. I was going to tell you. Everyone keeps saying second. I'm like, it's sophomore. It's sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think there are certain uh, idiosyncrasies that you pick up when you're writing about music a lot. And like, you know, mm. you say second a lot, so you start saying sophomore, and that kind of, you know, finds its way into your everyday You start saying speech. things like two thumbs way up. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, more so you start saying extended play in every place that you might say. You never, I never say EP. I always say extended play. Uh, to the point that it, it threw off the rhythm of a previous interview because my guest was like, he keeps saying extended play and now I'm saying it too. They're like, bro, that's just an EP. Anyway, a note about your sophomore record, Wonder Kid. Wonder Kid. You can also call it my sophomore effort. I think that's always funny when they yeah. call a record an effort. An effort, like, yeah. <laughs> there was effort. Nobody does. <laughs> only like critics and music journalists do that. No one else has been like. sophomore effort. Yeah. It's like, who am my efforting for i don't know <laughs> so wonder kid is an album about escape it's supposed to be a gut punch of a record about an anti-hero named wonder kid who wants to get out out of his living situation out of his head out of his life the album is like looking out the car window oh, i wrote that Sorry. yes yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah with, an, <laughs> with like, it. spot on spot on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, mother, this motherfucker is spitting uh with an urgent desire to be on the other side That's you know right. obviously this is an album that was uh written and mainly recorded before the pandemic and, yes. now, and then was completed over the course of that so i always thought it was interesting that you know, there, there's that obvious parallel between what's going on on this record and what mm. you have been doing over this past year. Uh, yeah. You very much got out of it. You got yeah. on the trail. You got out of, you spent a considerable amount of time outside of New York City. Mm. Um, but I'm more so curious if there were any key differences between yourself and this sort of wander kid uh, character or like mm. thematic 
lodestar of this record like you know mm-hmm. like like how would you differentiate jw francis from the wonder kid um well it's funny because like i wrote the record and then i was like i'm gonna go live the record and i'm mm-hmm. gonna go do the, all this stuff that i wanted to do which is go walk for a long time go on tour go do these things and the um, in the record it's all kind of like i want to get out but i don't know what i want to do um and there's a lot about desire but like not kind of like longing for something but not knowing what it is or like this almost like anti-desire because you're like I long so hard for something, but I don't know what it is. And I think the difference is like, I actually finally found it, which mm. is playing those shows to, in the, especially in the UK. Cause I'm playing in New York. I'm mostly playing to my friends, which is a beautiful experience in itself. And it's super cool. It feels kind of like a family show when I'm going overseas and I'm playing to these people they're like, dude, I've been DMing you for like three years. I have like such a crazy connection to your music, but also just to you as a person. And I was like, this is it. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> this is what I'm on this planet for. Like all these people were just like, you got me through lockdown. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know what that means, but that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. That fucking rocks. Dude. It fucking rocks. I'm like, yeah. finally, I found my purpose. Like, sweet. <laughs> like, yeah. I was really unsure about the whole thing. I mean, I wasn't, but I was, you know, I, music is a big ego trip. You're just like, here's this song I wrote. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, that's very important to me. And I'm yeah. like, sweet. We got something going here, so we'll see yeah. how long it lasts. But. It's definitely uh I think it's it's funny that you mentioned I feel like so many artists are reticent to talk about the fact that that the ego is so critical to the artist. They oh, say absolutely. like they act as though they are these vessels through which uh, God or whatever you want to call it is com- is conveying this message, but no, it's at the end of the day, it it's is you. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's what you think, and you think it's important, like, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, we need doctors. We don't need all these musicians. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we do need it. We do need music, but it's something to say, hey, I, uh, you got to make yourself needed in this job. You know, you got to be like, you're going to need me. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a total ego thing, you know. There is kind of an, like, uh, I would say jointly Alexander Superstramp slash like uh, Marxist reaction to the world at large that I feel mm. maybe subtly is a play in Wonder Kid. I don't oh, want to yeah, get I don't want to get too sure. critical theory on this. Oh, let's get critical theory. Because <laughs> <laughs> one other thing I felt on the tour was like with these people, I was like, this is where all the value is, mm-hmm. economic value. Like they're get, they're the ones giving me the, their money, like fulfillment value this is where i'm deriving my purpose from now artistic value i'm like as much as you want as much for me i'm not writing this in a bombshell shelter being like this is my art this is how i feel i'm i'm kind of doing that but i'm also thinking about everybody else and are people gonna like this i'm not gonna lie and say i don't think will people like this because 
There's a lot of artists who will be like, I don't care what people think. I just do what I like. And I really respect that, but I can't do that. Mm. <laughs> I need to be like, I need to have a little bit of certainty that people are going to think it's at least an okay tune. But anyway, this relationship that a musician has with the listener, that's like, that's where all the value is. And then you get these labels coming in and just extracting from it. From, and you You're get all the these, surplus value of your yeah, labor. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm starting to feel like a little alienated from you like these terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the from the product, which is me, that's being sold to people. And then being on tour, it's just so wholesome and beautiful and like reminds connects you back to the source of like why you're doing this. So I'm like, ugh, this is it. Yeah. Just like people loving it and me being like, I love that you love it. Yeah. What we're that's saying it. is that labels are essentially band lords. <laughs> Band boards? What's that? Band lords. Like, Band lords. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy can cut out that joke and post, by the way. Uh, on that note, let's, uh, let's, let's turn our attention towards performance. Uh, oh, yes. you know, Let's talk about the first song you're going to play for us. What mm. can you tell me about the first song you're going to play for us, which is entitled Casino? Casino is off of a forthcoming record mm. called Dreamhouse. And this one has a funny concept because during the pandemic, at the height of all of it, I was writing Valentine's Day songs for people. I put out a call on Instagram. I was like, if you have a Valentine, or if you don't, I don't care, just give me the name of someone you love and why you love them, and I will write a song, free of charge, whatever. I just need an exercise. And the first year I did it, that was three or four years ago, I got like 40 requests. And the next year I got like 80 requests. So this year I put on all my armor, songwriting armor, and I was like, six weeks notice. I need six weeks notice this time, but yeah. bring it on. And I got 107 requests or something like that. Damn. And I knocked them all out. Some of them, a lot of them, most of them were throwaway songs, I'll admit. Not very good. But I'd say a handful of them were very good, I thought. And so Casino is one of them. Mm -hmm. And all the, all the songs on this record are the ones that were really good. Um, some of them I left completely the same. And it's just like, Ben, she loves you because your hair, stuff like that. Um, but some of them I was like, eh. Let me, I'll just rewrite this into something I want to talk about. So Casino was one, was a, it actually might have been a birthday one. Because sometimes people would be like, well, can you write one for this guy's birthday? So I think this was for someone's birthday or Valentine's Day. One of those. And uh, yeah, I was feeling restless and uh, just looking out my window a lot because quarantine. And wrote this song about like hijacking a casino basically. <laughs> sunny day you'll find me on a big rock basking normally i need the shade but that's all i've been having i need the world way more than anyone needs me in it if not for you i'd run away and i'd admit it i disappeared into an empty dark casino i concentrate my fears into a pill placebo and no one knows i'm broken breaking promises still and that's what's in my comic books and i'm writing bills 
the rain brings life It's mixing all my colors, brings my head to light I pass the days just floating on a daydream sailing I did the dishes, took the trash, I feel amazing I disappeared into an empty dark casino I'm wondering what the song is, they say Sudestino And no one knows I'm broken, breaking promises still And that's what's in my comic books that I'm writing, Bill favorite single by my friend's band moon kissed i'm a machine built to seek out my own pleasure it just so happens that my heart's my biggest treasure i disappeared into an empty dark casino i'm wondering what that song is they say sudestino no one knows i'm broken breaking promises still and that's what's in my comic books that i'm writing bill J.W. Francis performing Casino at the local Bops International Headquarters. We're not in the studio for this one. We're very cozily at home next to a Christmas tree, which I know immediately dates this episode, but at least infers some degree of coziness that's uh, that's at play in this room right now. Mm-hmm. So um, the last time we chatted, you were still working as a tour guide in New York yes. City, to my understanding. That's right. So I have a bit of a thought experiment. I wanted to ask... If you were to lead the J.W. Francis experience in New York City and you were to lead a group of people on a tour of the Big Snapple, noting various locations that were important to you and important to your career, what would that itinerary be? Wow, what a great question. Let me say that is the best question anyone has ever asked me, ever. Local bops, baby. (laughs) Doing it big. That's a fantastic question. Wow. I probably just have to go to all the places I wrote all these songs, Mm because I'll be like, that's where I wrote Joe Fusco, and that's where I wrote Place I Know. We'd probably it would probably mostly take place on the one train, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the songs I wrote was sitting on that train. So we'd probably take the one train. Honestly, just because I like to start my tours at the tip of Manhattan, because it's like the 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 very you know like the end of the sock part of Manhattan, mm-hmm, yeah. right? Yeah, right over there. Uh, just because that's where I start. That's where I start all my tours, pretty much. Um, I'd start there. We'd take the one train up to Columbia because that's where I went to college, and I, I could probably still get you underground if you really wanted to go. Mm. I know how to get under the tunnels, so I'll take you there. I'll take you where I wrote something on the walls. You got to come see it, and then I'll take you a little more north where I lived for four years after college, and like, did all the first EP and the first record I have to take you to Gowanus where Sahil studio used to be. And then to really near here, the Navy yards where it is now mm-hmm. uh, and where we would do all of our stuff. Um, 
gosh, there's so many good spots. I'd have to take you to Joe Fusco's rooftop. Joe Fusco's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time on that roof. And it's just a beautiful roof. Um, Has it got like a nice view or like... Oh, come on, yeah. yeah. It's his parents' Oh, yeah, place, I mean, well, so. we're talking about Joe Fusco here. Yeah, so. it's on 14th and 7th. So you oh, get yeah. all of Midtown and all of Downtown. Everybody loves it. It's just a great, just a great place. Um, yeah. And then I'd take you to probably like just a bajillion falafel places. Cause that's what I eat all the time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just trying to teach you all the tricks and tips, you know? Yeah. yeah. Any, any venues you think along the way? Like? Oh yeah. Probably a lot of venues too. <laughs> I forgot about that. Babies, the yeah. good stomping ground, my old stomping ground. Um, I have to take you to all the weird places I used to throw murder mystery parties to pre-pandemic. So, okay. Yeah, I got really into this scene of like throwing murder mystery parties for like Eastern European embassies. Random, <laughs> but yeah, it just <laughs> happened. So like the sweet the Kushkushko Foundation, shout out sweet Church Church of Sweden, shout out <laughs> like all these random spots that are like really nice, but they love me and they love the murder mysteries. They want me to come back and do them, but it just doesn't feel COVID nice. So, but um, yeah, Rubelod, which has a really big place in my heart. Um, it would probably have to be like a multi-week long tour, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the mental math on the itinerary. Of I know, the itinerary is pretty crazy. We'd have to ride the entire ferry system because I love taking the ferries, especially after they expanded them. They're like, they go everywhere now. Yeah, they really do, man. And no one takes them. Everyone just takes a Staten Island one, but you can take it anywhere, really. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, the the. And you can buy beer on the ferry. Yeah. Yeah. What other public transport can you do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, legally is the well. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Legally, but yeah. Also, where you can legally buy beer is a Burger King in the financial district, and they've got a second floor that they don't advertise. So I'd take you there too, because that's <laughs> in the weird spot. <laughs> that's a that is a truly liminal space. If yeah. I've ever heard one, yeah. we're getting we're getting smacked on the second floor of a Burger King in the financial. <laughs> Yeah. It's got to be like a Wednesday at like 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's turn our attention towards the next song. Oh, that yes. Mr. J.W. Francis is going to perform for us in the local bops home base. What can you tell me about the track Cars, which is off the most recent, I'm, I might say, sophomore effort? Uh, Cars is, uh, it's kind of a song about me being afraid of cars and paperwork and just other things and wondering kind of if I'm always going to be that way or not. And then when I was on the trail, I was like, you know, why do I have all these labels on myself? I'm like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't drive. I have like very fixed ideas of like who I am because I don't know why I was just like, I don't really know why. I mean, I have, I, I definitely have reasons to not eat meat and not to drive. It's the number one cause of death for 18 to 25 year olds driving, not meat. But, um, I was just like time to, time to switch it up. Time like drive and eat meat. Cause I don't know. I was just, why not? Like I need to like just break, just kind of rediscover 
So now I've actually, I'm almost back to not eating meat because I'm like, this actually kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I actually just feel kind of bad when I do it. Um, but driving, I'm like fully in. I'm like, I haven't been behind the wheel of a car yet still, uh, but I got my permit. So I took my written test and I passed that. I've learned a lot. Some people are bad drivers, it turns out. Like you're not supposed to stop before you get on a highway and like signal in. You're supposed to like accelerate to the flow of traffic, which I know because I read the manual. But some people, you're driving with them, and you're like, oh, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to stop. Anyway, now I know. So that's cars. Yeah. In a wider sense, you can be whatever kind of driver you want to be. Exactly.
J.W. Francis performing Cars off his most recent record, Wander Kid. Now, uh, I have a question about image, uh, Ooh, which yes. I guess kind of ties well into what we were just talking about. Absolutely. I think I, as well as, you know, I won't shave it. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's the one that's the one rule you put forward to the record label, right? Yeah. You're like, absolutely not. It's yeah. not happening. Um, I think I, as well as others, tend to prescribe like a somewhat relaxed or, you know, and and in other times, ecstatic energy to your music. Mm. One description of what you do that comes up, I think, a lot is lo-fi slacker. Oh, thank um, God. I thought you were going to say Mac DeMarco-esque. No. No. Absolutely not. No, we're not getting there. This because I wear a hat. <laughs> um, uh, what I was going to say is I feel like that description doesn't really do a whole lot of justice to mm. you know what you're contending with thematically, especially on the most recent record. Uh, maybe in particular as a track. It's like one of the more heavier ones that comes to mind. For sure. Um, so I was just wondering if there was anything about your recent record or just your artistry in general that you fear folks might not get without mm. giving a careful listen to your music. Well, I think if you make anything, you have to really be prepared to be misunderstood. <laughs> like, just go in being like, no one's going to get it. <laughs> um, but... I'm also someone who like doesn't really view many things as sacred or I don't know, maybe not that might not be the right word. I'm not trying to be taken too seriously. There's actually I mean, you know, I don't really like what does that look like? Like people nodding at me like really solemnly. Like I'd want that sometimes like but mostly I just want to like laugh with people and have a good time and dance and like, I arguably want to get less and less serious as I keep going and get more and more, like, dancey and... Uh, I guess intimate is probably the best word, too. There, I was reading this book recently. I forget what book it was, but it had this phrase that I can't get out of my head, which is the revolutionary potential of intimacy. Mm. And that has stuck with me so hard. And now when I'm going to shows, like I really make it a point to like meet everybody that wants to meet me and like stick around and do whatever for people just because like I think there's like a real revolutionary potential of intimacy. I kind of feel like pop culture and music and these things are like the only thing that is going to save us. Like politics is just not working <laughs> like i think we do need radical distribution of wealth not mm. to get back on that other no, critical we can, theory if you thing, if you get but... started on that i won't i won't fucking <laughs> stop i'll have to i'll have to edit myself out of the interview um, but it's just like i was watching the simpsons the other day with like a bunch of people in the room is at a family event and mm -hmm. there was like a bunch of people that were a very different on the political spectrum, but like we all loved what was happening on the Simpsons. And I was like, it was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was like, this might be it. This might be the thing that can save us. Not Lisa. Maybe Lisa would probably be the one that would. Yeah. But, um, but Matt Groening in general. Yeah. Or just yeah. like, just, yeah, just like, just pop culture like things that everyone loves like mm -hmm. something that can actually get us on the same page because that's the other thing that i realized walking the trail 
a lot of these guys are like ex-military, just, I don't know, just like totally different walks of life that I would never come into contact with as, uh, you know, left musician, New York City, liberal town person. Right, yeah. You realize that they're the, ex- they're the same. They feel the same way. They also hate the media. <laughs> they all like like they got different ideas and stuff, but they're like they feel the same way. They feel just like broken. <laughs> but like or like I don't know how to put it, like they feel they've got this hurt and like everyone's got that hurt. Yeah. And you just realize that you're like, Oh, we all have this like thing inside of us. It's like something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice tie into what we were talking about earlier, that sort of mm. disenchantment, that dis that sense of disenfranchisement mm. that, you know, so many listeners of yours in the UK in particular seem to tap into and that was mm. the reason that they wanted to meet you, is because they they felt they felt what you felt. Like, you know, mm. they they had gone through something akin to what you were describing. You know, yeah. there's a universality in that, you know, and we don't, we we, just, we don't acknowledge it enough. Yeah, we just all went through this crazy trauma of a pandemic and we're still going through it. And like, we're kind of been left alone. Everyone's been kind of abandoned. Like we get these rules of like what we're supposed to do and you follow it. But most of the time the rule is like, be alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, dang it, that sucks. So like, yeah, music has been... For me as well, there's there's a lot of people who've gotten me through quarantine. Alice Phoebe Lou, Kate LeBon, <laughs> Shao Gilberto. These are just a few. <laughs> yeah, nice but, man. Yeah. Um. So you're about to depart for uh, the UK again uh, That's right. tomorrow, right? If yeah. I understand correctly, it's fucking <laughs> fucking wild. Thank you, uh, by the way. I should say for making the time to come oh, on this yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, I guess sort of coinciding with this secondary UK tour, you also recently released a UK version of the song, mm-hmm. John, Take Me With You. Yeah. Um, what was the sort of motivation behind, you know, like I would say making a secondary cut? Um, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I okay. didn't want to do it. I think <laughs> I think alternate versions of tracks are like, who cares? Um, <laughs> like you, you only get one chance. You don't get to try again on that. But the label wanted an acoustic version. And mm. I was like, that's so lame. I was like, come on. What am I going to do? Play it with an acoustic guitar now? You know what that sounds like. You can imagine it. I was like, that's going to be so boring. So, And the great thing is, they were, but they were like, we'll put you in the studio, blah, blah, blah. And I got into the studio and I got this. I got to the studio and, uh, you know, I show up to places with no guitar now because it's more fun just to show up. And all the guitars had no strings. And so I was like, oh, well, that goes, there goes their idea of what I'm supposed to do. So all they had was these, like, uh, MIDI keyboards laying around. So if you guys were like, well, we got to get out, we got to come out of here with something. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, cool. So the cool thing was I was totally alone. It was just me, no engineer, or whatever. So I just had all these MIDI keyboards. So I was just like, all right, I'll just make an electronic version of the song, I guess, because at least that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I found like it was interesting. I liked it. It was cool. It was like a different version. But, but yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know. We don't need another. 
Uh, remixes are cool because that's like someone else's idea of the yeah, song. No, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but like for me to go back on it, I'm like, mm, you know what it sounds like. But yeah. <laughs> you've, you've heard this song before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. J.W. Francis, thank you so much for Dude. coming on this this show. Like this yeah. has been fun, man. You know, I've been having a lot of fun. Me too. Uh, my last question for you is the two-parter that I offer to all my guests Ooh. before. Have I heard this one before? Have you heard this one? It's you've heard it probably in other interviews. <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, one: Do you have any parting words for listeners before we wrap this episode up? And two: What insight can you provide to the very last song you're going to perform, which is "Turtleneck Weather"? Okay. Uh, one saying from the trail that still is in my mind, it's super cheesy, but I just like it. It brings me some comfort is every mountain has its peak. So, you know, if you're going up a mountain, it's going to end at some point. It's the same thing as like if you're riding through hell, keep riding or whatever, but it's just a little more beautiful of a metaphor in my mind. And then turtleneck weather. Well, we're, I'm wearing turtleneck right now, so it's very pertinent. Um, but it was written at a time, it was written in summer about why I had to get out there on the trail, which was to kind of get out of my head by going really into my head, <laughs> but like getting in a, just a different space and walking all the time. Get up, had to get out of my mind to get back to it again. Mm. Changes always give me a line, I always gotta break it up. Mm. Back and forth, back and forth all the time, it's time to break the line. When I see you, when I see you next time, forget the pleasantries. Oh. I said, I want to be good, I want to be good to you. Oh. I want to be good, I just want us to be good. Turtlenecks, dead leaves on the ground Telling me that I got to go home These little messages I'm picking up with antenna I hope I can relate to you home. Turn my pages on the back book Take a note, that's on the fake book Take it slower Of the big book, take it slower. Oh, um. I said, I wanna be good, I wanna be good to you. Oh, I wanna be good, I just want us to be good. Hey, 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bobs. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and Coors Light brand ambassador, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilko. If you enjoyed JW's performance, you can find all of his music at jwfrancis.bandcamp.com. Be sure to also follow him on Instagram as well, at jw underscore underscore Francis. That is two underscores in there, so if that wasn't already super obvious. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops Radio Hour every other Tuesday on kpis.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, and Godspeed.